From now on, he might as well be king. No eunuch before has climbed so high. Not often, my father said. But sometimes this lust for power will rule them. It is because they will see no sons. Finding me near him, he took me in his arm. Someone uttered a blessing. The guest of highest rank, whose land was near Persepolis, but who had followed the court to Susa, said, We are all agreed that Bagoas shall never rule. But let us see how Arces deals with him. Young though he is, I think the vizier has reckoned without his host. I don't know what Arces would have done if his brothers had not been poisoned. It was then he set out to count his friends. The three princes had been much of an age. All three had been very close. Kings mostly changed to their kin. Arces did not. The vizier distrusted their private counsels. Both the younger, without much time wasted between, got cramps in their bellies and died. Soon after, a messenger came to our house. His letter bore the royal seal. I was the first person my father met when the man had gone. My son, he said, I shall soon have to go away. The king has called for me. A time may come, remember it, when one must stand for the light against the lie. He set his hand on my shoulder. It's hard for you to be sharing your name just now with an evil man. You will not for long, God willing. And that monster can't hand it on. It is you who will carry it down in honour. You and the sons of your sons. He lifted me up and kissed me. He had the fort strengthened. It had a sheer cliff one side and a gatehouse over the mountain track. But he had the walls raised a course or two with better slits for the archers. On the day before he was due to leave, a party of warriors rode up. Their letter carried the royal seal. We were not to know it came from a dead man's hand. Arces had gone his brother's way. His infant sons were smothered. The male line of Ocos was wiped out. My father looked at the seal and ordered the gates to be opened. The men rode in. Having watched all this, I went back to some boy's business in the orchard below the tower. There was some shouting I came to see. Five or six men dragged through the door a man with a dreadful face, its centre was red and empty. Blood streamed from it into his mouth and beard. He'd been stripped of his coat. Both shoulders dripped blood, for his ears had gone. I knew him by his boots. They were my father's. Even now, sometimes I think how I let him go to his death without a word, struck dumb with horror. I suppose he understood. When he spoke, it was to the purpose. As they led him on, he cried at me in a loud, harsh voice, horribly changed by the wound where his nose had been. 
Oxenese betrayed us. Oxenese, remember the name, Oxenese. With the mouth open and shouting, the face looked more frightful than before. I did not know I heard the words it uttered. I stood like a post while they pushed him to his knees and pulled his head forward by the hair. It took them five or six sword strokes to cleave through his neck. While they were about this, they forgot to watch my mother. She must have run straight up the tower. The moment he was dead, she leaped from it, so they lost their sport with her. She screamed as she fell. But that, I think, was because she saw too late I was there below her. She struck the ground.